0: Good morning, everybody this is the day we will and be let's do that one more time this is the day we will rejoice and thank you okay it is a special day for us we will be having the enearnment service at 1230 today at Emmanuel Lutheran Church for 27 souls, for 27 people who have died during this past year unclaimed, and so we're having a special service as we do each year. And you are invited to uh, join us. You can either leave here at uh, with us at 12 o'clock as we follow the funeral procession, or you can meet us at Emmanuel Cemetery at 12.30. And we would like your participation, those of you who will be there. Um, uh, If you're planning to be at the cemetery, please see me before you go out the door, because I have a job for you. We want everybody to be able to participate in our celebration today, okay? So let's just keep that in mind. But we do welcome you, and we have a lot of prayer requests. We want to pray for Alice Green, who usually sits in the front. She needs our prayers today. Tammy Shelters, Barbara Rush, Mary and Marty, Christine, Virginia, Tanya's mother, Bernice, Anthony's father, Mary Carter. Okay, that's Terry's mother. uh, Kay Cooper, that is Tracy's mom, and Lisa, her sister. uh, Tracy's mom has COVID. And Trish, who is Miss D's substitute with the ASL, Uh, She and her mom both have COVID, and her mom has been in the hospital with COVID. So please remember all of these special requests. We ask you to continue to pray for Pastor Regina, for her soon recovery, and uh, that she'll be able to be back with us. We pray for the family of Tony Mann, and I'll be officiating a graveside service for him. We pray for Israel, Gaza, Ukraine, our world and all the people in our world who are suffering today So I have a special prayer that we can all participate in and Jimmy's gonna put that on the screen and it's actually Psalm 90 selected verses if you remember the Psalms are actually songs But they also are prayers and I want us to read this prayer together today Lord You have been our dwelling place throughout generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death they're like the new grass of the morning in the morning it springs up new but by evening it is dry and withered relent lord how long will it be have compassion on your servants satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us, Yes, establish the work of our hands. That's an Old Testament prayer and song. And now I'd like us to pray together a New Testament prayer that Jesus taught the disciples to pray and we follow that as our model for prayer today. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen. Good morning, everyone.
1: Thank you for being here to worship with us at Shades of Grace. Uh, It's a beautiful day, been a beautiful weekend.
2: As always, I'd
1: like to ask for prayers for those of us who suffer from addiction and depression. Uh, they They always help. Out here on the stormy seas about as long as I can stand, it seems like you send me another wave roll every time I catch my breath, trim my sails. And I've set my course again, to my left lord and there's dark clouds to my right and there's thunder and there's lightning I keep sending out my signals of distress with no one there to see them and the waves crash up When they soak me through my skin, Lord, if you could find me a place to land, my ship needs to come in. the skies for just one minute so I could see the stars I'd check my points and I'd head back out and try it just once more but Lord I'm beat up Lord, I'm broken and my light is getting dim. Lord, if you could find Thank you if If you're lost and your ship needs to come in, right here at the altar is the base, best place to land, so As I go, as I go, there's a sweet wind blowing through the valleys and the hills. I'm going home to Jesus, bless my soul, bless my soul. I can smell the roses blooming through the valleys and the hills. I can smell. As I go, as I go, I can smell the roses blooming through the valleys and the hills. I'm going home to Jesus, bless my soul, bless my soul. I can see the river running through the valleys and the hills. I can see the running as I go as I go I can see the river running through the valleys and the hills I'm going home to Jesus bless my soul bless my soul there's a sweet wind blowing through the valleys and the hills there's a As I go, as I go, there's a sweet wind blowing through the valleys and the hills. I'm going home to Jesus, bless my soul, bless my soul. I said I'm going home to Jesus, bless my soul, Lord. Bless my soul. Thank you. Talked with Pastor Will earlier in the week and he kind of gave me a little insight to, to his sermon today. And uh, I was telling him that uh, <laughs> I had found a song that uh, I thought would would kind of go with it, and uh, it was written by a friend of mine, Mr. Dale Jett And uh, I hope he won't uh, be mad at me for put putting it out in public because I I don't think it's it's been played out yet. So, uh, but uh, kind of compares our life to, uh, I guess and. The name of the song is Dog on a Chain, so you'll kind of understand kind of what I'm talking about. (laughs) Spent most of my life Chained to a pen Ninety-nine weeks From end to end Round and around And back again Only life I know The only place I've been Sometimes I dream get some wings and learn to fly up above the clouds and up above the ground ain't no change Much I ain't done, ain't much I ain't seen looking for a lot and looking for some stuff one's too many a thousand ain't enough Pills and whiskey which one do you blame? The same. Ready to crash and burn and go down in a flame and live my life like a dog on a chain. Well, I'm an old man now. Wife and kids are gone in the farm for a nursing home three meals a day they all taste the same a room with a bed they blessed it with my name worked all your life and it's a crying shame and all you got left your pride and your name I came here with nothing gonna leave like a came. doing my time sizes and they come in all kinds. when the lion and the lamb together lie down the king of kings is gonna claim his crown well the lame will walk and the blind shall see it's all in the Bible when the trumpet sounds and those angels sing Gonna trade these chains for perith and wings, gonna trade these chains for wings. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Thank you. Uh,
3: well, seems like something's wrong with your microphone. Is the green light on? Well, if you'll just give me just a minute to work on this. Uh, you want to have a seat over there? Somebody can somebody get Pastor Will a seat and... Give me just a minute here and we'll see if we can't figure this out.
2: Hello. This is not the Will and Jimmy show, <laughs> but we are here uh, to thank Pastor Will mm-hmm. for uh, the pastor appreciation. And you know, I really don't have the words to describe this man. Yeah, Jimmy. He is such a such an awesome guy. Uh, you know, I've, I've been friends with him for going on 24 years plus, and we've been through a whole lot together. And Will, I just love you to death, man. You're just a wonderful, wonderful example of what I think a pastor should be. You're always available. And like I said, I just really don't have the words to thank you. And I'm so blessed to be involved in the most aggravating, rewarding (laughs) ministry that I've ever been in. But thank you, Pastor
3: Will. Yeah, well said i can't add much to that but uh i think he's surprised though what do you think i think we got him i hope we got him again we got him last time he was speechless wasn't he (laughs) so i hope he's speechless today but uh pastor will uh you are loved by so many and uh people wanted to share some thoughts and some thank yous and um you know it's time for a little moment of truth here Mm -hmm. uh last Saturday morning during their service uh, I had asked several people to write out some some words for us to read today and I left them in my pocket and went home and my (laughs) wife decided to do laundry much earlier than normal and just ended up with a big pile of nothing that you could read so some were able to get back with me and I got those some weren't but thank you to everyone who did and if we do not read what you wrote today I apologize But, you know, this is Shades of Grace. Well, there is a big pile of thank yous. (laughs) That is. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'm going to share a few of these uh, that people wrote in uh, to share with you, Pastor Will. Uh, The first one comes all the way from North Carolina. Right. Bet you can't guess who that is. Mm. And they say, uh, as we both know, pastoring is challenging in so many ways. It's tempting to look at what others are doing or hear what people say you should be doing and wonder from the path that God has placed you on. I am so grateful to see that you have stayed true to the vision that God gave you many years ago. I miss ministering alongside you and continue to pray that God sends faithful laborers to share in the Shades of Grace vision to the last least lost in the lonely in the streets of Kingsport. Another person said, Pastor Will, thank you. Doesn't seem like enough to capture just how grateful we are for who you are and all that you do. You welcomed us into God's living room from day one. And being a part of this ministry has forever changed our lives. Thank you for loving, living, and leading like Jesus. We appreciate you so much. Another person said, Pastor Will is one of the most caring ministers I have ever heard. We learned so much through his ministry and we are so thankful and blessed that he was sent to our church as a pastor in Hilton's. Amen. No doubt that he is sent to this ministry, that he was sent to this ministry where he is now. He only has to mention something that is needed, and it appears. Boy, isn't that a big amen. I'm telling telling you. you. And we thank God for Pastor Will and what he has done for so many. God is good, and Pastor Will is a blessing to us and many others. Uh, Someone else said, Will, your reach as a pastor extends far outside the walls of Shades of Grace and into the streets of Kingsport and the surrounding area. With your online presence... You are a pastor to many around the world. Please know that even though many may never meet you in person, they are forever grateful for the shepherd that you are. May God's living room always be filled with your love and grace. And I've got one more here I'm going to read. This one's from Canada, our friends in Canada. And they say, We want to tell you how much we appreciate you during Pastor Appreciation Month and all year round. You are such a blessing and a friend to many. We also want to say congratulations to you and to Shades of Grace on your anniversary and the beginning of your 10th year. One of the best things to ever happen in Kingsport, Tennessee is Shades of Grace. We're so blessed to be a part of your virtual congregation and inside God's living room when we can. We love you and we wish you many, many blessings.
2: That's a pretty so, good testimony.
3: Yeah, yeah. That is. And it's not, I like that it's just not in this building, and it's not just in this community. Pastor Will is worldwide. He is. You know, he is, he's the only pastor that I've known that's actually delivered a message in Nigeria. Yep. <laughs> you know? but amazing. But pastor Will, I'm like Steve, there's no words to say for me how grateful and how thankful that we are for you. It is an honor to serve with you every day. Through the good, the bad, the ugly, the laughs, the tears, everything that we share here, um, it, it is a blessing. I have learned so much from you in the last seven years that I have been here at Shades of Grace, and I learn every day. And we just we just hope that you, uh, in these last few moments, you know how much you are appreciated, how much you are loved, and what a blessing you are to so many around us and we have a little gift for you today uh, Landon I think you've got it up there for us and this is just a small token of appreciation to you pastor will and uh, one, one more yes, little yeah. thing. yes uh, I do want to mention to
2: those that are watching please keep pastor will at the top of your list for prayers yes and then shades of grace right below that uh, it's needed and it's
3: appreciated it is All right. Well, that's it. It's been nice. Thank you, Steve. Well, Jimmy, it's a pleasure to be here in the Big Daddy seat. That's that's right. Oh, and uh, Pastor Will, there's there's actually nothing wrong with the microphone. Just wanted to let you know that.
0: Got <laughs> you got me. You uh, got me. I feel like I've been to my own funeral. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Do what? Previews of coming attraction. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, that's hard. Uh, I mean, that's good. Thank you. It's, it's going to be difficult to do this now. <laughs> Miss D, did you know they've done that? You didn't? Did you know? Not until yesterday. Not until yesterday. <laughs> well, Jimmy and Steve, you all did an excellent job, and thank you so very much. Thank and thank all of you. God bless you. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world because I know this is where God has called each of us to be, to work together, to make the kingdom of God come near, for we know that we live in very difficult days, and we all need God's grace. So, thank you all so much. All right, Um, I'm going to read some verses today, first of all, from... Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. I'm going to try to tie all this together, and hopefully you'll be able to see a little bit of what Oscar was talking about and, and all that we've been doing so far. You all would just mess it up for me, wouldn't you? In a wonderful kind of way. Thank you. It, it may be a little hard to be uh, focused here. But here, <clears throat> excuse me, here the words of Jesus. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and that time will come for each of us. That time has come for the 27 persons who will be remembered today. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away, and Lazarus was by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in these flames. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for i have five brothers let them warn let him warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment abraham replied they have moses and the prophets let them listen to them no father abraham he said but if someone from the dead goes to them they will repent And he said, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Now I want to read from Luke chapter 12. And I want you to kind of remember the story that I just shared from Jesus about a certain rich man. Because again, he begins this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Now I want you to tie it together as our preacher last week, Reverend Cross, said use our sanctified imagination. Let's use our thought process just a little bit today and think just what if the rich man that I just read about and that we just read about is the same rich man that Jesus is talking about here. And we'll understand a little more to tie it together. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. You know, there was much accountability. Where there's much given, there's much being required of us. And there's nothing in this text, in this parable, that even slightly indicates that this rich man cared anything about the fact that there were poor people just outside his gate. We don't have to go very far in Kingsport, Tennessee to find persons in need. And you may be in this building today, and you might be in our virtual congregation, and you may understand much more than I do of what those needs may be. So this man gave no thought about anyone or anything except himself. So this is what he said I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'm gonna store all my extra grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. Now let me stop there for just a moment. Do you know what the biblical definition of a fool is? We read in the scriptures, the fool hath said in his heart, there's no God. And Jesus said, This very night, your life will be demanded from you. And then, who's going to get all the stuff that you've gathered up for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than raiment or clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow nor reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you, by worry, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? It's all about priority, isn't it? Consider how the flowers grow. I want to thank our faithful friends and people of our congregation who yesterday had a beautiful spray delivered for our service today that will be placed at Emanuel Cemetery in honor of those who have gone before us. But look at the beautiful flowers, how they grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that even Solomon, can you tell me about Solomon? He was the richest man that we know about in the scriptures. Even Solomon, the man with the most riches, could not be dressed like one of these beautiful flowers in the field. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire how much more will he clothe you o oh, you of little faith And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink and do not worry about it Don't worry about it You know that's one of my favorite clichés I remember one church I was leaving after 10 years uh, they did a little thing and somebody said we know yeah yeah your answer is don't worry about it you know i just try not to worry about it don't sweat the small stuff god always takes care of god's business right it's not my church but i am the church it's not your church but you are the church Every one of us who named the name of Christ, we are the church. We are the people of God. So put God first, trust the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge God, and God will lead you in the path that is right for you. So don't worry about it. For the pagan world, Jesus said, runs after all these kinds of things. And your Father knows that you need these things. We all need stuff, don't we? We do. Or we think we do. I read something recently, and I was sharing it yesterday with someone here, that we go through three phases in life. And I read this on Facebook, so you know it's got to be true, right? (laughs) probably posted in the 1800s on Facebook originally. But we go through three stages. That is, we all want stuff. Remember those days? Oh, I want, I want, I want. Then we go through the stages that we get a little bit of money and a little bit of stability. So we get the stuff. Right? Are you with me? You know what the third stage is? Getting rid of stuff. Getting rid of stuff, traveling light. And I'm trying to travel light at this point in my life because I don't want anything distracting me and holding me back. Amen. So Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God, and these things will be given to you all the stuff you need, not the stuff you want. There's a big difference. But do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And if you've got the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is within you, you've already got all the stuff you need and more. So, what does he say to do? Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where the thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, where is your treasure? What is your treasure? These stories that we read about today in the Gospel of Luke, both of these stories are centered around a rich man. You might know him in theory, in application. Somewhere in your life you might recognize that person. I believe that we see ourselves in all the stories that Jesus gave. He gave them 2,000 years ago or more to the people then and said, whoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to you, to the churches, to you, to me. But we find ourselves in those stories even thousands of years later, hundreds of years later. Right? So these stories that we read from the Gospel of Luke Focus on the rich man, on fortune, on wealth, and also on the reversal of such. What's going to happen after life is ended? Then, who will have all these things? Did you know that everything you have title to today at some time belonged to someone else before you? whether it was in money in the bank or whether it was in brick and mortar and stones in a house or property, it has always belonged to someone else. There's a beautiful song that I believe Dottie Rambo wrote years ago that says, the things that I love, the things, the stuff, the stuff that I hold dear to my heart, He's playing it now. They're just borrowed. It's not mine at all. Jesus only lets me use them to brighten my life. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord, it's not mine at all. Do you know that even your life is not your own? The Bible says we've been bought with a price. Therefore, we are to glorify God. In our life and all that we do. So, we read in these stories about what happens after this life ends. As we remember 27 people today, as we will be going to the cemetery and adding to the numbers of the last few years, we're somewhere now, we'll be reaching probably 135 or so, to my estimation of persons that we have buried in the last few years. I bet not one of those 27 had any idea as they were maybe walking in the streets of Kingsport or in the case of some who just outlived all the people they knew. There are so many stories I could tell you about the many of these who will be remembered today. But not one of them, a few years ago, probably gave thought that that's how it would all wind up. That there would be no one to really remember that they're even gone. And yet a whole community would come together and value their existence and their life and remember them. You don't know how you're going to be remembered in life. Once this life is over, how do we deal with the last, least, lost, and lonely? What is our response to the cry of the needy? You our United Methodist liturgy, especially when we do services of Holy Communion and such, there's a prayer and it says, We have not heard the cry of the needy and we have not loved. Our neighbor as ourself and yet we want so often to be like those scribes and Pharisees and people in the Bible to say well who is my neighbor and the answer is very clear anyone and everyone regardless of rank title status in life how do we treat the hungry and thirsty the strangers, the naked, the sick, and those in prison. You know, somebody said that's going to be the last test that we take. I shared this with a couple of the volunteers here this week, so if you've heard it before. But many of us, a lot of us, or maybe all of us, at some point in time have gone through classes, courses, whether it's in high school, elementary school, college, seminary, when we are given what we call the finals. Everybody remember the finals? And that's really, really where the rubber meets the road. It's like, how are you going to be graded on the final, right? And the final for the church, for the people of faith, relates to what I'm talking about today. The very last test given in the scriptures that Jesus talks about in the Gospels. He says, I was hungry and you brought me nothing to eat. I was cold and naked and you didn't give me covering Or clothing to wear I was sick you didn't care you didn't help me get a prescription or you didn't do whatever you can to bring healing and comfort to me because you see in the culture in which we live it's all too often out of sight out of mind just don't think about it and you won't have to be responsible for it, but yes, we will. For the Bible says, if we know to do good, and we do it not, if we know to do good, and we do it not, to us, it is sin. S-I-N. It is that sin that separates humanity from God. And sin isn't always the things that We read about and we protest about and we preach about, but it can often happen inside the hearts of the church members who sit in the church when they judge or when we wrongfully judge others and place labels upon them. So if we know to do good and do it not, it is sin, And your sin and my sin inside the church is no different than the sin that's going to be found outside the church. Okay? So remember that. So there is a responsibility on the part of each one of us to be reminded that only one life that we have and it will soon be passed and only that which is done for Christ will last. What are you doing in the name of Jesus? What am I doing in the name of the Lord? Jesus said if you even give a cup of cold water, just a cup of water, now that may not seem like much to us because we can buy water by the gallons, we can Dip it out of the river. I wouldn't advise drinking the water from the Holston, but you can at least wash in it or wash your car, okay? But water is plentiful for us. But ask you, Oma, how it is in Nigeria and how the, the boreholes have been dug and the wells have been built to bring fresh water. Think about the people in the Middle East where water is absolutely like gold. And sometimes there's sacrifice in doing even the smallest things because when Jesus was talking about giving a cup of water to someone, it may have meant that that person had to walk and deny their self quite a a bit in order just to get a bucket of water from which they could dip a drink right? Luke stresses the way that the rich and the poor live and die, how that their status is reversed in the kingdom of God. Even all the way back before Jesus' birth, when he was conceived in Mary's womb, she exalts that the hungry have been filled and the rich have been sent away empty. That's all the way back in Luke's first chapter. And in the Sermon on the Plain and the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells the poor that God favors them and that the kingdom of God belongs to them. And he warns the rich of what is to come since they've already received the reward in life. Now, most of us in this room, and probably watching this online, we don't consider ourselves rich. You know, sometimes we think we're getting by, and sometimes it's really a stretch to get by. But then when we compare that to 95 plus percent of people in the world who don't have anything close to what you and I have, then... Relatively speaking, we are the rich ones. So how will we, uh, what will we do? How will we respond to the call of the needy? Did you know that in Luke's writings that the poor are the focus of Jesus' ministry? In his very first sermon, when he stood up to read, he read from that Old Testament passage, that he has been anointed by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, along with binding up the brokenhearted and setting the captives free and all that goes along with that. So Jesus admonishes his followers to not just invite to their parties the friends and neighbors who can repay them, but to extend their invitations to the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. We talked about that in the last couple of weeks. If you were here or if you viewed this online, you remember how Jesus sent out the invitations, the people made excuses, they found other things to do, and he said, go out and find all the people that you can find. Find the least of the least, the last of the last the poorest of the poor and make them to feel of worth let them know that their life is valuable and that they are loved if the poor has good news preached to them then the rich also have a message that they need to hear and that might be each one of us or it could be some of us it could be any of us depending upon how we value the treasure that God has given us because the Bible says this treasure is in earthen vessels. And the treasure that you and I embrace is life in Jesus Christ because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so Jesus has a lot to say, those like the rich young ruler. And I think about all of these stories and use my as Reverend Cross said last week, our sanctified imagination, as Jesus was telling all of these parables and stories? Could it be that the rich young ruler who turned his head and walked away sorrowfully could have been a few years later the rich man who owned the barn and who still refused to value the people around him? And could it also not be the rich man who refused to even feed the beggar who laid at his gate. Oscar, I like that song today because the dog is a part of the message because Jesus said the rich man died, but the poor man only had the dogs to come and lick his sores. What does it mean to you to be rich toward God? You see, when we talk about riches, the church, Christians, each one of us, think about it in relationship to eternal value and not earthly because everything that we see and have and own will one day be parked in a junkyard or in a trash heap or it will be grown over with weeds and somebody else will have stewardship over it. I wonder how many of you can even remember the very first car that you had. And if you do, maybe you remember that, but do you remember where it is now? That's a different story, isn't it? I mean, we, we valued it so much then, but then something bigger and better and brighter came along. So how do we interpret being rich toward God and having treasure in heaven. This is a hard text because Jesus tells the people, you think you got it so good in life, how about selling the stuff you've got and give it to the poor? Wow. And the phone rings on that. Maybe that's a reminder that we need to think just a little bit more about where our riches are. We talk about Zacchaeus, who was very rich. We heard that last week, didn't we? Zacchaeus, who repented and who gave half his possessions to the poor and repaid four times as much from those whom he had cheated as a tax collector. He did this after he had an encounter with Jesus. After Jesus came looking for him. Aren't you glad Jesus came looking for you? Amen. And sometimes he's still looking for us like the shepherd when we fall off the path into a place where maybe we don't even realize there's danger that he still comes looking for me. He comes seeking us. So think about all of this today. Remember the goodness of God, God's faithfulness, because that's what life is really all about. Today, as we will in a few moments remember these persons who walked among us, who lived among us, I have some beautiful stories of some of them. I'm going to close with one. Last year, in October, when we had our community burial, and we buried 22 persons, the name Randy Smith was read when the bell was rung. And it just so happens that our friend Randy Smith, who tends the cemetery for our plot at Emmanuel, was the one who was bent over placing the ashes into the ground. And when we read the name Randy Smith, he looked up with a startled look on his face. He thought, am I burying myself? You know, it was just kind of an awkward moment. And we thought nothing more about it. We had a little chuckle, and then a few months later we received a call at Shades of Grace, and I don't remember all the details. That's why I have Jimmy. If you want to know more about it, talk to him. He's a detail person. I just remember one, two, three, not all the points in between, but we receive a call about a lady who had died in a nursing home and she had left a policy that she was, they were not asking us to pay for the funeral or pay for anything. They said that's been covered, but we don't know who to call and we hear that Shades of Grace does this kind of thing in burying unclaimed people. And we said, sure, bring her on over. And uh, so we, we t- signed the uh, certificate, the death certificate. And then in the process of that, we realized that she had two sons. And I think Jimmy and I and others did a little research, and we discovered that there was another box of ashes from just a couple of months before sitting unclaimed who was her son michael are you getting the story how it's all coming together so we had a service here right around christmas time this past year for for this dear lady and her two sons mrs smith and her two sons And it so happened that she had had Alzheimer for seven or eight years. She did not know that her sons had died. They were unable to do anything uh, due to their illnesses or whatever. Anyway, the long story short, today, Mrs. Smith is going to be reunited with her two sons. We'll be doing Michael and Tempe today and placing them with her son who was buried last year. And we did find out that her husband had died many years ago and had been buried way in a far part of Tennessee, many several hundred miles away, and no one knew how or where. And so that's just how things flow at Shades of Grace as we remember the last least lost and lonely. And so join us here in about 20 minutes. We'll be leaving here, going to the cemetery. Please go with us if you can. Uh, The ladies, I think, well, ladies and gentlemen, have prepared a little bit of food back here. If you're hungry and need to get something before you go, we're not going to stop at Powell's on the way, okay? So you'll have to to grab you a snack uh, before you go, or else wait until... Afterward. But Landon, one more time, uh, if you don't have anything else chosen, do you have a song picked out? Absolutely. Well, you do. He came looking for me. As you all know, this is my favorite song. It speaks to me every time. So think about all of these, the stories that we've shared today, and be grateful that Jesus is still looking for people. Mm-hmm.
4: One night far on life's raging sea It looked as if I would suffer defeat As the blackness of night closed off the light My heart sank with fear My desperate cries rang out with fright All I could see was no hope in sight with faith all but gone i met the one who came looking for me he came plan was to fall and put me away. I drifted so far, would anyone care that I'd soon be lost? I knew my destruction was a matter of time, but Jesus appeared, said, this one is mine. Now I'm saved with no harm, but we walked through the storm. He came looking for me.